everyone. Welcome back to Showing Up, the uh, weekly episode uh, where we show up for ourselves by doing monthly challenges and we show up to the world by sharing what stood out to us that week and what we've been watching, reading or listening to. And this is your host, Babs and Eve. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. Or welcome if you are new. Indeed. And yeah, let's start this podcast. (laughs) Would you like to discuss what stood out to you this week? Well, what really stood out for me this week was the, I thought this news was like, what? I can't believe this happened. So 21 runners died after extreme weather struck a long distance race in northwestern China. I just thought that was crazy. That was crazy. So there were high high winds and freezing rain hitting participants in the 100-kilometer, 60-mile run in the Yellow River Stone Forest. And, I mean, the race was halted at one point. I mean, the weather was extreme, so I don't even know why people were running, but eventually it was halted uh, when 172 runners went missing. How do they miss like the runners? Like, where do they go? Yeah. And a rescue operation was was launched. And many of the stranded runners reportedly suffered from hypothermia. Mm. Uh, and official officials said that 151 runners were confirmed safe and that eight of them were injured. And as I said, 21 died. That's crazy. That's Imagine going on an ultra marathon. The last thing you think of is I'm going to die. <laughs> I might yeah. die of like really like exhaustion, but yeah, well, I would stop before that happens. But... Yeah. Oh my god! I wonder if that if, if because of the weather they got or, like they lost where they were going, like whether they didn't yeah. they couldn't see they couldn't and then see, they ended yeah. up. Because I know that happens on like road races and stuff where people are like driving through the desert and everything kind of looks the same, and you don't realize you're off course until you're like really off really? course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awful. I'm really shocked. I didn't hear about this. Do you not? No, I swear I checked. I feel like I'm like on top of the news, but maybe that wasn't deemed as high priority. Um, yeah, week. somehow. Yeah, <laughs> that's shocking. That's awful. Yeah, yeah. So that's essentially what stood out for me this week. Yeah, it's really awful stuff. Really depressing. <laughs> oh, those poor people. I know. What about you? What stood out for you this week? Uh, well, nothing particularly cheery either. Um, <laughs> I thought it would just be good to quickly chat about the revelations about Martin Bashir um, that have come to light uh, in the last week. So um, for context, Martin Bashir is, an, a, is a journalist at the BBC, has been for many, many, many years, well before we were alive. Um, and in the early 90s, after Princess Diana had separated from Charles, Martin Bashir got a chance to interview her, or basically, I'll get into it, but basically he interviewed her. There were various things that they discussed, which basically meant that then Diana surrendered her security. So she was no longer allowed security because she did this interview. And the interview said that there was like, documents going to um basically documents sorry go on sorry sorry was he the one that wrote a book about her maybe probably 
okay. he's definitely he's written I think he's written like memoirs of like oh I'm so big and important Ugh, yeah, yeah. Um, same bread proxy continue yeah, <laughs> yeah. so he so he, he's interviewed like loads of famous celebrities and Princess Diana was like the cherry on top of the cake um, but what he had done is he had showed um, Earl Spencer so Diana's brother these documents that were saying about like people being paid off for information about her stuff from the royal family that were you know all this stuff that had come through that basically conspired that Diana felt you know because she did she felt incredibly like paranoid and separated and pushed out from the family um so she did this interview she was then not given her security because she'd done this interview and then you know blah 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 lives a life and then she gets killed running away from press in Paris but what has happened now is it turns out the BBC covered up that Martin Bashir uh, made up all those documents so they none of them are real what yeah so he had forged a load of documents um to say to show Al Spencer that like so the royal family said this this nanny was paid to give them information about you or this royal this person is paid for this to happen for, forged all of this stuff the BBC knew about it um oh, went ahead with you yeah went ahead with the interview um so Diana was like you know put in such a vulnerable position she wasn't given any of the the stuff that like someone like Fergie is still allowed you know where she's not no longer like married to the royal family but she's still treated as a high level member of of the family who's given security and stuff that goes along with the fact that she's such a big profile in the country yeah. um all that got taken away and then she was killed so there's been like a lot going on like a lot of people are really really angry about it because yeah if that hadn't happened maybe she wouldn't have died yeah because she would have yeah. been given all security because I was speaking to my mum about it because obviously she remembers it a lot and she said that literally it went from she did the interview divulged this information about how she was feeling the security was taken away from her like she relinquished that and she said it was literally then hounded day and night these yeah. men in her face with cameras and all of this stuff that she would you know her life must have got so small because she everywhere she went there was these people whereas before there would have been security guards that would have like you know like helped her or whatever but who knows what would have happened but it's just awful that the BBC covered it up and what happened yeah. was that Martin Bashir apparently stepped away um because there was like a question on on the like the ethics of it or whether it really should have happened at the time um but then the BBC like looked into it and they didn't see any wrongdoing and made him religion editor at the BBC so he was then in charge of like religion editor yeah so then he got re-put in yeah as and so he's and he's been what that saint. for years <laughs> yeah and he's been that for years um and now eventually now they've told him so he's now left but because they didn't sack him, he's still getting paid. So he gets paid until August by the BBC now, even though he like forged documents, lied, led to all sorts of stuff, you know, got someone being interviewed under false pretenses, all of this stuff. Apparently the graphic designer who was asked to forge the documents told the BBC, this is oh. what Martin Bashir wants me to do. And they were like, they sacked him. They sacked the graphic designer. They were like, well, Not you him. know, this is, <laughs> this is how we do things. And if it gets a good story, then this is what the people want to know. And it's basically all true anyway. So, yeah, it's uh, quite a shock. I think a lot of people are really disappointed that once again, 
the BBC have landed themselves in what people are calling the worst cover-up of all time because it didn't take very long for people to <laughs> uncover what happened. It was like, yeah. <laughs> right there, hiding it was right there. Yeah, and a, a lot of the people um, that were involved in it are still working there. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. discussion about whether they should be ousted um, because it's been so long now that the BBC have kind of, you know, someone's head's on a block and they get rid of them and everyone else moves along but actually I think there's probably a lot of people that are still there that were involved in a lot of like the wrongdoings that have taken place over the last 20-30 years that probably could do with being moved along but Mm -hmm. but yeah so that was rather surprising Um, yeah it's been interesting though because Mm. sorry I was gonna say no you say say it's a topic like Diana like it's a topic that everyone like nobody really likes to talk about because it's so tragic and it's so sad and obviously people talk about it more now with Harry and Meghan and Will and Kate but it's been interesting actually hearing about like people's memory of what actually happened at the time because for people like my parents it's like you don't talk about it like it's so upsetting it was so tragic goodness yeah that it's like a collective grief that people have about it because she was such a lovely person yeah and now to hear that it was even my mum yeah yeah (laughs) She's yeah, from Brazil, so it's impacted the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just, but it's been interesting to hear about it because I feel like I understand it a bit more. But obviously, I mean, can you imagine? Like the family must be absolutely furious mm-hmm. that they returned. Sort of the royal family returned against. You know, when I think about the crown and the way mm-hmm. that the crown's been portraying the royal family sort of as against Diana, and actually think, well, if it's based on what happened with Martin Bashir, that was all fake. So. She'd yeah, what, what was it based like on? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I it was really tragic, and maybe having more security would have avoided the accident as well. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's also a good mention that it, she died in '97, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. She wasn't wearing a seatbelt. None of of the people that died were, no. and none of the people that, and the other person that didn't die was also not wearing a seatbelt and got mm. smitten his face completely smashed um if they had been wearing a seatbelt maybe they would still all be alive today yeah Yeah. uh so that's also a good mention because you can't just put all the blame in one entity that isn't didn't really cause the accident like martin bashir didn't cause the accident yeah and it was an accident wasn't it yeah i mean Part of it was the press that was following her, but part of it was their own fault for yeah. not putting seatbelt on. But I understand because it was the 90s. That kind of thing yeah. wasn't really something that people did wearing so seatbelts. So yeah. yeah. Can't imagine it now, getting in a car. I know. Just go to Brazil and then you can. Hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Crazy my girl. cousins would not wear seatbelts and I'm like Bird. literally why like this is it's, you know, it always I makes me think, like at school on the school bus you put your seatbelt on it's like oh nerd you're like <laughs> like just because we're on a bus you don't have to wear a seatbelt now all of a sudden it's safe to be in a it vehicle it doesn't make and, any sense like it's just yeah. it's like, why is it why is it a bad thing like why <laughs> it's just you, so weird I don't know I didn't understand sometimes yeah. I think why don't trains have seatbelts <laughs> oh yeah yeah planes have seatbelts yeah I mean, I, I don't know. Anyone knows the answer. Thought for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Email us at showingupbusy@gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks so much. Oh dear. 
Well, there we go. That'll be leave us something to think about. Yeah. Do some Googling. But anyway. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> would you like to talk us through what you've been consuming this last week? Me, a lot of Starbucks, to be honest. A lot of, <laughs> lot of caffeine. A lot of caffeine. Um, but besides that, in terms of media consumption, I watched Halston. It's a Netflix show with Ewan McGregor. So must watch for everybody. Because <laughs> Ewan is gone. Um, and it's directed by, da- by Daniel. Minahan, I don't, I don't know him, but <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> neither do I. Uh, but if I think if you're gay, you really like this show because it portrays uh, a game stylist really well, and it shows a lot of sex scenes for anybody who's interested. <laughs> McGregor, and Neil McGregor is a hunk, so like totally recommend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah but essentially we follow Halston a big fashion name who redefined fashion in his time from dressing up ja- Jackie Kennedy with a pillow hat to her husband's inauguration to dressing up Liza Minnelli Elsa Peretti Lisa Minnelli Liza Minnelli again which, <laughs> cut that out that's twice <laughs> <laughs> By Bianca Jagger, Marissa Berenson, and Norma Kamali. No idea who that is. Forming his empire and showing his eccentric lifestyle from parties at New York's Studio 54. Ooh. Buckets of cocaine consumption, crazy sexual encounters, toxic relationships. You very sexual. You're like, crazy sexual encounters. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it, Babs. We swear. It's okay. <laughs> I'm in a family home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Glamour, glitz, and a lot of insecurity as well by Holston. Um, So yeah, you're shown all of the eccentricities that made up his empire and how he rose from, you know, being a hat designer to eventually the biggest fashion designer of like the 70s and 80s, maybe. Totally recommend watching. It's a it's a limited show, as I was saying, limited series. Um, a lot of um, sex scenes, as I was saying. But I also, later on, I went Googling this show mm-hmm. and went Googling like Halston's life and all of that because I didn't know who he was before. And I only watched the show because it was Ewan McGregor. But it turns out he's like, he redefined fashion in the 70s. And I also saw an interview with Holston's niece. And she was painting him in a very different light to what the show portrays him to be. Um, So in the show, he's a bit like an egocentric character that only cares about himself and his fashion brand. And all he cares about is it's like he pushes people away by being way too way too blunt and just really being mean um but apparently he was such a family man and he was really close to his family and the show did not show that at all you didn't know how his family was there were some flashbacks to his family but it was very portrayed it in a very negative light but apparently Holston's niece niece was like well you know he loved being with family he loved he was just such a lovely person he cared about everyone he's so caring so warm such a lovely person 
so apparently how the show was made was that they interviewed Holston's closest friends. So he didn't, they didn't go to his family to ask how he was. So I think they only interviewed famous people, essentially, that were in yeah. his like little fame circle. Mm-hmm. And well, it's just very different from how he was, I guess. I don't know. So that kind of tainted the thing for me a little bit and yeah. just made me think, well, what's real and what's not? I don't understand. Obviously, the show's it's got to be a bit dramatic and it's got to be a bit ex- extraordinary and eccentric and have all these arcs and it's to be more watchable but you kind of also want the the truth of who he was to be portrayed well but yeah um, no if it was yeah either way good show good fashion mm-hmm. uh great set design it's really lovely there's one point where he's got this office in this really high up building um in new york and his office is amazing and you see all like this guy scrapers all around you and you're like oh my god i wish i was there i wish i worked in that office that's so cool (laughs) i wish i worked in fashion now again (laughs) (laughs) you're like change my mind (laughs) (laughs) that's funny but yeah, it's really good, and I totally recommend. Even what did you say it was on? Netflix. Netflix. Oh, okay. I need to put, add that to my list because I've been looking yes. out for it, and I don't know why I haven't found it. Because I love you, and Ewan. Ewan is so different. He just does. He's not like. He's not like Obi Wan in this character for sure. He's, <laughs> like, <laughs> he's a totally different character, mm-hmm. uh, and he plays him really well. And even his voice is totally different. Wow. And it's just so interesting to see. Like, it's incredible, like, how he gets into the different characters so well. Ewan is a fantastic actor. That's for sure. What about you? Well, where shall I begin? Let's have a look. I will talk about Mulan. So I watched... Unexpected. (laughs) Yeah, it was for me too. Um, So this is the new live action, new live action. It came out last year. Um, Mulan that cost originally like 21 pounds to rent to watch because it was coming out it wasn't in the cinema but yeah so it used to be way too expensive to rent at home um considering I didn't know how good it was going to be but I was pleasantly surprised so um I watched it on Disney plus so it's now available for free well if you're subscribed to Disney plus you can watch it without having to pay extra for Disney plus plus or whatever they call it um Disney plus 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 plus. <laughs> Disney plus plus plus. Uh, Disney Premier Plus. I don't know. Who knows? Um, and I think it's probably available on like Apple TV now um, or Apple iTunes, whatever. Um, so it's directed by Nikki Caro, who was a female director. And um, I'm going to get all these names wrong, but I'm going to persevere. So uh, it's starring Yifei Li, Yifei Li as Mulan, Donnie Yen as Commander Tong. Uh, Gong Li as I think it's Jian Yang. We're going to go with that, and then yeah, go with that. <laughs> Jason Scottley, which is a lot easier as Boy Khan. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I've been waiting basically a whole year to watch this, and I've been trying to tell people to watch it with me, but any time I'm quarantined with my brother, he will refuse to watch it. Um, so now we've gone home, we can watch it, and we did watch it. Oh, um, I would have watched it with you. <laughs> You're not here. 
I know, but I would have if I were. Oh, okay. Fine. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> we can do. We ought to try. You know, there's that feature on um, Amazon. I don't know if anyone's tried this, um, where it's like a watch party that you can set up now, where what? someone rents it and then you watch it at the same time and you can like text and type. I know. I, I thought like they kept that, that really quiet. I know. I would yeah. have done that, but anyway, that's something to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, so I think they announced the live action Mulan in about 2015. 2016 like I think it's been quite a long time that this has been coming um Mm -hmm. and I was really excited about it Mulan was one of my favorite Disney films growing up um I absolutely loved Mulan I thought she was gorgeous I wanted to be (laughs) Mulan like I literally remember crying because I could never look like Mulan like when it occurred to me that I'm literally a different ethnicity to this person I was like I will never look like her however hard I try (laughs) as this like blonde child (laughs) I was like oh um because I just thought that she was like so cool um and I think as a character like even in the in the animated one she's portrayed as very strong and of her own mind and I think she was a very good role model um out of the Disney princesses quote unquote because I know she's technically not a princess but you know she was kind of a Disney princess um because that's what they were reduced to but you know like when you'd have like the Disney princesses or like the Disney blah blah blahs in all the little action figures that'd be like Cinderella, Snow White, Beauty and the Beast, Belle or whatever, Mulan, Um, (laughs) she'd be kind of like clunked in. Um, (laughs) True. But yeah so she was she was great and yeah she was just the person that I wanted to be like she was really strong and did what she wanted to do and she also got with the really fit guy um, <laughs> Zhang Shang who is hands down I know it's animated but the most attractive of all of the Disney men I would say of that time I feel like Flynn Rider is maybe like eking up there a bit more from Tangled but Li Shang Anyway, I hold a torch for you. <laughs> You're not real, but yeah. So the live action film, fifth film, the live action film uh, was really, really good. Very pleasantly surprised. Um, it's really entertaining, funny as well. Enough changes to it that you didn't feel like you were just watching the original story. Um, it was visually stunning, which I feel like you would expect from Disney nowadays. Um, but it was a mixture of real like Chinese landscapes mixed with some more like CGI like locations and stuff like that like obviously things are tweaked and changed around or whatever but it felt really like in its place um belonged in like China which was good um and yeah I think it was definitely a lot more authentic to I think it's called the Ballad of Mulan which is the Chinese folk tale um it felt a little bit more like it was a traditional retelling of a story rather than a story of a girl who does what she wants and then she finds a handsome man and that's that. Um, It didn't Mm -hmm. feel like there was anything forced um, in it. It just felt a little bit more like, this is about Mulan. This is what she did for China. Yay for Mulan. Um, Yeah, so it felt, it was weird. Like when it started, instantly they kind of build on this idea of chi so chi, which is like the life force that connects all things and everyone has it in them. And some people are more connected to their chi than others. Um, and it felt very Star Warsy. And I know that- um, mm, Interesting. Yeah, it felt very much like- Both by Disney. <laughs> yeah, it was like, okay, okay. 
um I have some theories about it which I'll get onto but it would just obviously this is very like old and I'm guessing a lot of the Jedi religion and whatever was based upon older folk tales and proverbs and older religions and stuff so I feel like that's what it was built up on um but yeah I felt very Star Warsy, but I'm not complaining about it but basically in this adaptation Mulan is like blessed with being very connected to her chi and she's doing all these crazy flips and she's just like in one with it's yeah it's, you're like okay it's gonna she's be all those is it <laughs> yeah she's like chasing this chicken around and um <laughs> and she's on the roof and then she's not and yeah um entertaining it's a disney film you know it's still entertaining um but she's like really connected to it but basically she's told that because she's a girl she has to hide her chi girls don't have chi oh. girls mm. have to do their they have to basically do their purpose which is marry someone so she's told by her dad no more cut cut ties do the do the honorable thing that a woman can do a daughter can do is to get married and that's how you'll bring honor to the family the man goes off to war the man does this but you have to just get married um and yeah so the mulan story kind of just follows on from what you'd expect from there the basic storyline is the same but there's the inclusion of a few different characters particularly Gong Li's character, Zhan Yang, we're going to go with, um, who's played, who's a witch. So basically, mm. you know, in the original film, um, I, th- I think it's Bora Khan, or I th- it's, it's, anyway, the bad guy's got like a hawk that flies with him. Gosh, I don't remember. Do you remember? Okay, well, anyway, there's like this hawk that he kind of like casts off into the sky, like and uses him as his eyes or whatever. She's that, she's, she can shapeshift into this like eagle hawk type thing. Um, but she's basically, the chi is strong with her. Um, <laughs> she's, and she's a witch, but being a witch is outlawed. You find out in China, like it's really taboo. So she was basically expelled from her family and from her community. So she's been this outcast for so long and she's been so upset about it that she joins forces with these rebels very Wars, joins forces with the rebels and wants to kill the emperor so that she can say no more like I don't want to be treated like an outcast anymore but it's just really interesting it just adds a lot of depth to the film because you've got a bad guy but she's not a bad guy she's just a victim of her circumstance you see a lot of her spending time with Mulan not spending time with but there's a lot of interaction between her and Mulan and her trying to convince Mulan to be who she says that she is and to stop lying about who she is because she doesn't need to hide who she is because she's amazing um yeah, it's just really really good um and you understand a lot more of the like societal pressures of the time as well for both men and women rather than in the classic 90s Disney where it's like oh women god aren't they annoying oh I can't get a, place yeah. to get a wife Ooh, you know Um, it's a lot more like men talking about how they talk to women and how what they're supposed to do and why they're supposed to do it and then being scared and what is fear and what is courage and it just sort of unpacks all of those a lot more so it's very good Um, and what I did last point really enjoy about it was that in the original Mulan is kind of portrayed as being quite clumsy like I always yeah. felt like, you know, in her like matchmaker scene, she'd like had all her makeup done and then she kept tripping over and she knocked over the teapot and all this stuff happened. And it was like, oh, clumsy Mulan. She's like, shit, it being a woman. <laughs> this one, she's like, not at all. Mm-hmm. Like she's incredibly intelligent and things go wrong at the matchmaker scene. And I won't like go into it too much, but basically she's, she does something because 
something's going to happen so she's trying to prevent something happening and she chooses mm. to like sacrifice her image so that someone else doesn't have to be like made to feel scared or whatever about something that they don't mm. want to spoil and I just thought that was really good because rather than make her be like she's she's rubbish at this she can only be this it's like no she can be both but she chooses to be this which mm. I thought was was very good that's definitely going on my list <laughs> I'm very curious as well like when it first came, when it came out I was like mm, no this is interesting maybe I'll, mm. I'll check it out maybe it'll be even just for the visuals that would be quite interesting but I yeah. guess I didn't know it was it was good because nobody had watched it and told me so <laughs> this is the thing it is it is very good it is it's like it's it's Disney so fairly formulaic you know you're not going to get anything that's going to like shock you or make you like question your life it's not profound um but it's just it's it's just yeah it's just a really immersive universe and if it feels a lot more well-rounded there's no singing um oh so there's no there's no singing in it there's no it's more real 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 stuff yeah yeah and um i'm gonna say a name wrong again if if a lee who is really famous Chinese actress, but I just don't know her because I don't watch Chinese films, um, which I probably should start doing if I enjoy westernized Chinese films. Um, she's amazing. She's incredible. I don't want to be cynical, and I've literally this has just occurred to me, but I do think did Disney have to make a film where like she has to be like extraordinary first for it to be worthy of telling a, a female story? Like extraordinary first. Like, yeah, I'm not explaining it very well, but you know, like with Ray. The thing that I was disappointed about with Ray being a Palpatine was that she wasn't just a regular person who managed to save everyone. She was mm-hmm. from a dynasty of oh Sith yeah, she or was Jedi. already special. <laughs> yeah, and like with Mulan, she's like already special. Yeah, I don't know whether it's like whether they need to get away from making it like it has to be believable because she's already got like she's not like you and me. They're almost like superheroes yeah it's a shame that they can't just be like she's just a normal girl that chose to do something extraordinary like Mulan is like that but I don't know I don't know it's an unformed <laughs> I want to see a privileged person do something extraordinary <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to see me doing something cool. yeah. oh, but I totally get it I get it and it's always like the underdog it's always the one that's gonna come out above everybody it just it's not as relatable and you feel a bit lived up like <laughs> Yeah, and like they're very quick to like dismiss. I don't know. I've watched. I don't know. Maybe it's because I just generally, as a adult, watch a lot more like realism. That when you watch mm-hmm. a Disney film, I shouldn't have the same expectations in my head because it is meant to entertain and inspire young girls, which it definitely will. So, but it's not really inspiring because you're not like you don't uncover that you're from this amazing family background. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden I am actually royal. I love Oh, it makes sense now. Yeah, like with Mulan. <laughs> it makes sense why like, I oh. always felt left out. <laughs> yeah, like with her sister. Also, well, I'm more I'm interested in Mulan's sister. What's Mulan's sister gonna do? Because apparently she's just matched and she oh, but like lucky for her, she loves the person that she's matched with. But it's like, well, what about the girls that ain't got no chi? You know? Yeah, I know, right? About the cheerless ones. <laughs> Who's talking about the cheerless? Remember <laughs> <laughs> the cheerless. Anyway, on that note, let's move along. <laughs> okay i want to talk about the woman in the window it's on netflix i've probably seen it around mm-hmm. on netflix scrolling uh it's with amy adams and it's directed by joe wright and it's also got fred 
Chinge, maybe. Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, which is interesting. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, and it's got loads of Ray Winter references and vibes. So uh, I'm going to have to thank IMDb for this help with the storyline because I didn't really know how to summarize it um, because it's essentially this woman that has agoraphobia. She's stuck in the house and um, you always see her every day. There's a certain hour that she wakes up uh, in the morning and she's always like talking to her family. Apparently she's got this kid and a husband and she's always talking to them via, I guess, FaceTime. And she's got a therapist, but she doesn't leave the house. We never see the family come in to the house. Um, so she just lives alone with her adorable cat. <laughs> and, uh, and she's a child psychologist, which is really interesting. And she's got uh, agoraphobia, which is quite interesting. Hmm. The only person that comes into her life is her therapist uh, into her house, I guess, from the outside that um, knows her for a long time, essentially. So I guess she's, you see her going through her time, passing her time a little bit depressed, um, popping pills a lot. And she's got a tenant, a tenant, yes, a tenant, no, mm-hmm. a, ten- a tenant, a tenor, a tenant. <laughs> a tenant, yes, she lives with her. Is that what we're saying? Yes, yes that's a tenant. In her basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in her basement and sometimes you see him walking in and she gets spooked out but I guess I mean it's natural uh, <laughs> because he's the tenant um, and yeah you see her doing that and then she spies on the neighbors a lot and she she goes and checks out what they're doing and essentially a family moves across the street to this huge house and that family has Gary Oldman as the daddy-o of the fam. Big J. And Big J. And I guess Fred is the son in that family. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, Fred is the son. And then one Halloween night, uh, Julianne Moore comes into town, Ascend, and basically on Halloween she didn't want to put candy out for the children so the children kind of forced her out of the house and she fainted and then Julia Moore came to the rescue and be like are you okay like you just fainted yeah um and so she came into the house to talk to her and all of that uh with Amy and then they kind of became friends and um and yeah and then she left and then she said you know um I'm the wife of Gary Oldman that lives in, across the street. I'm new here around the block and all of that. And yeah, she's like, okay, cool. Um, and then she sees her walking into the house across the street. And uh, yeah, and then eventually the sun comes over a different day and just hangs around and just apparently there's something really toxic about the environment in their house and she can tell because mm-hmm. she's a child psychologist and she's like you know you can come to me and talk to me whenever you want like you know there's something going on let me know because mm. she sees all these weird things happening and then one night um she sees 
Julianne Moore getting murdered. <gasps> and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And she's like trying to call the police and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, but she can't prove it. Instead of taking a picture, she she just freezes. Oh. And so she's got no way to prove it. And then the police come and they're like, you are popping pills. You're psychotic. Like yeah. this is not happening. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh my God, like what? Uh-huh. Of course it happened. And then the son comes on a different day and it, it appears that he's hiding something and that he doesn't want to speak because Gary Oldman's a scary guy that comes and hits him. Ooh. And it's all very mystery. This is like this mystery around like who Gary Oldman is and he seems like the bad guy that's been killing wives Ooh, <laughs> and okay. hits children. And he's a very explosive character. And yeah, and that kind of unfolds. And you see, like, is she actually insane? Why is her family not visiting? Um, did the did the killing actually happen? Mm. Who's Julianne? The character that plays Julianne. Yeah. And is it my tenant that killed her? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Oh, this is going on the list. <laughs> yes, definitely recommend. Definitely recommend. Amy Adams plays the role really well as well. She's a great actress. Julianne Moore, like I've never seen her in a role like this. So it's quite interesting and funny. Ooh. She's so like out of her own personality, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. Again, <laughs> she's just really interesting. <laughs> oh my god, you turned into me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's just so interesting, to be honest. <laughs> Believe me. Um, yeah, I, I, if I say any more, I'm going to spoil it. So okay. just go watch it. Uh, as I said, Rear Window Vibes and References. Mm-hmm. Um, and a different take. What about you? Do you have anything else? You yes, like? I will pick one more. I think I'm going to talk about... Um, it was on BBC One after my tirade about the BBC, I did watch uh, the BBC. Um, it's a TV programme, it's a one-off called What Are We Feeding Our Kids? And it was, yeah, a one-off um, hour-long programme hosted by Dr Chris Van Tulliken, I think is his name. Great name. Great name, yeah. He's, he's been on all sorts of, like, you know, these, like, programmes that are on once a week about, like, people try to change their diet and... He's kind of, he's, you know, like on like, you know, these like talk shows, he comes on as like the doctor that talks about things. He's incredibly healthy eater. Exercise. Like Dr. Oz. <laughs> he's Dr. Oz. He's Dr. Oz. Oh, never mind. He's got a show. He's, oh, okay. He was like Oprah's doctor or something and he got um, his own show. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's kind of like that. Okay. I guess. Um, but this was just like a one-off thing. But basically um, it was a program about the impact of ultra processed foods on our bodies and our minds and I wasn't really planning on watching it I thought oh that's interesting um but it kind of just came on and before I knew it I was like whoa this is really interesting um so where do I begin um yeah the basically so the program's called what are we feeding our kids and it's kind of off-putting for me because I thought well I don't have any kids <laughs> um and as much as I'm interested in how it affects our kids I don't have a kid I'm not a kid um I don't really want to watch something that's aimed at parents who are gonna be like oh I better give my kid this cheese mm-hmm. or whatever instead of these cheese strings um 
but actually it wasn't it was way way more interesting and related to adults um than they course, made it out to we're be. all human <laughs> i know well so I mean, this what is we the thing yeah should be the same as we feel ourselves yeah, yeah exactly and he was kind of basically it's very much like supersize me but only for a mm-hmm. month he basically lays out at the beginning of the program with like an expert sort of charts from the 1980s how in the uk buying habits have changed and eating habits have changed so it went from like 80 percent fresh produce and ingredient food in its like base form and like 20 percent well there was like barely any ultra processed in the 80s I think it was kind of like a supplement thing and how over the years it's shifted so that in some cases people eat 80 percent ultra processed foods Mm. compared to like 20 percent more natural or just you know organic base form ingredients Um, so he basically decides for a month he will take on eating 80% ultra processed to see what happens to his body just over a month and um, because he said apparently there are no studies on what fast food like actually all these ultra processed foods like actually do to our like bodies and our minds and he was saying it's crazy because he was you know he went to he was like like in supersize me he goes to a um, I think it's a university this time like a science section of a university um and they were like yeah no I I literally couldn't I looked everywhere and I can't find anyone that started a study to look into how these foods affect our bodies and why we eat so much of them and why people do what they do and you know obesity cases are rising in kids and rather than just looking at them and thinking oh kids are greedy it's like well why actually why do they eat so much bad food like Mm -hmm. why do they feel like they have to you know do all that like we can't just assume it's because all kids are born loving crisps and chocolate and cake they're not there's something surely that's going on that's making you go back to that again and again um so in terms of like science and scientific interest like it's filled with it it's really really interesting I'm not going to try and explain it because I'm not well equipped (laughs) it's too much science (laughs) yeah but um but so yeah basically there's a there's a scale for anyone that doesn't know even though I feel like most people know there's you've got like four kind of scales of like processed foods I don't know the ins and outs particularly but you've got like the base food like carrots apples things Mm. that are just out of the ground eat them as they are you can cook them and whatever but that's what they are and then you get to like cheese where you there's like there's a process in it to make it become the thing that we consume and then you go along and along until you get to ultra processed food which is basically the food that when you look on a packet it's filled with all these random chemicals you couldn't make it at home basically said like if yeah if you can't make it in your kitchen it's an ultra processed food um and they're everywhere but he kind of lays that all out so then you basically see him just eating like shop-bought pizzas chicken nuggets all of this stuff um from little's lasagna yeah yeah (laughs) literally he eats a lot of lasagna um microwave lasagna and he was saying that the issue with a lot of this is is that it is marketed at children it's marketed to parents for children to eat it's like oh this will give you a source of you know it's one of your five a day if you give your kids this and he's sort of investigating all these different things he goes over to brazil to talk about the supermarket boat do you remember do you know anything about this this was i think a boat maybe 10 years ago I think they basically it turns out it was Nestle who we know are the devil 
they paid for a like floating supermarket to go to the remote um villages that were well, on the, in the amazon yeah. basin oh yeah and they would so apparently the people the way they got it funded was that um they were providing fresh ingredients to the deprived village like the villagers um but it wasn't it was basically chocolate sweets crisps like all nestle stuff um oh my God. literally like sponsored by nestle so now you've got a massive obesity problem in these villages <laughs> because these kids are like on it. The and, and, and yeah. the, these parents are like what am i what am i going to do like it's now in the schools you know all of this stuff it's just mm. really bad whereas they all had very natural plain diets now we've introduced it and he was saying it's interesting to look at something where this phenomenon is you can literally pinpoint when it happened and the increase in obesity from that moment um but it's worth a watch because i'm not going to like go into the ins and outs of everything but basically what you find out is that his brain changes in over the space of a month like literally they did a brain scan of him before and a brain scan of him after and he's a 42 year old man uh, and his brain changed within a month to the point that his brain looked like that of someone that was addicted to like drugs or cigarettes or something. Oh my goodness. So it created a link between the reward side of his brain and the like imp- food impulse side of his brain. So he was, oh it was God. actually like he was rewarding himself for eating that food. And, um, and they also like noticed. Starbucks. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy when you look at it, you're like, I'm fucked forever. Um, <laughs> me and my mum were sat there like it's unbelievable but also not unbelievable because we we all go through these cycles of feeling like oh god I just oh, I'm just craving this I don't know why like I just you know yeah. I can't break it um and he also they also found out that the it changed your hormones so the hormones that are produced from your guts it decreased sorry it increased the um the like the appetites hormone in your body but decrease the hormone that tells you when you're full. So it physically Mm. is genuinely changing your body over the space of a month, these foods. And he took this to this person that was in charge of one of these like big manufacturers. And he was like, well, they don't care. He was like, well, to be honest. And he he was like, this is what's happened. I'm 42. You market your food at children. What's happening when these children's brains are developing? What are they like? You're not scared. And he was like, yeah, it's awful, but we're not going to stop said the government can tell us to stop because he was like if it's between public health and profit it's obviously going to be profit and it was like I can't believe that he's just saying this but then again you think about no morals but I guess he's thinking if I stop my competitors will just make more money and carry on like he's he (laughs) I guess he does it's not right but he's thinking why should I miss out the government if it's such a big deal like the like the sugar tax, I guess. That it's they true, did. but they paid the government. They lobbied the governments. Yeah. yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, it's just crazy. So it was pretty depressing to watch. Sobering is the word I've used. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, even this this um, doctor that was leading the experiment, she was like, "I thought I was pretty good with my kids, but now I'm like, absolutely not." She's like, "It's it's it's." She was like, "It's just really really alarming." Yeah. And his brain, apparently, it, it was like two months later, he put on like 14 grams of fat, or like, no, sorry, he put on four grams of, four kilograms of fat in four weeks from eating all of that food. He said he, by about a month, he'd kind of managed to get his body back to what it was, but his brain was still the same. <gasps> about two months later, his brain patterns were still working in a similar way. 
So he oh was like, I literally God. don't know if I'm ever going to go back to how I was. Oh, <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. And I was like, why is it freaking watching out. it? Like, why have they said, what are we feeding our kids? As if it's some like kitschy pro, you know, like this little program yeah. about, oh, make sure your kids eat fruit and veg. It should be literally like, stop eating this shit because <laughs> it's changing <laughs> your brain. Um, oh, but apparently that's so frightening. Yeah. They've now funded it, it must a be like investigation. A... Sorry. Sorry, no, go on, go on. That's probably what's causing a lot of, obviously there's a huge link between the food that you eat and depression. Mm. I mean, and you can tell, like if there are brain changes, obviously it can cause depression. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That's okay. He he said the food he was eating, he said he had no sex drive. He was miserable. He wasn't sleeping. He was tired all the time. And that's just one month. Yeah. And they said that, and, and, you know, they go to a family who, I think they've got like two kids and one of their kids is like 11 or 12. And they said like, he's bigger than the other kids. We've had to really start thinking, right, okay, like let's try and sort this out. And she said, but it was like, it was something like 30 pound a month more expensive buying fruit and veg than it was if they just bought the ultra processed foods. And they were like, what am I going to do? Like, I, I literally don't have the money. Jeez. and it's just it's, it's such a it's such a big deal like and in some countries I think in like Canada and in Brazil they have now started to like like government legislation is saying you should limit the amount of UPFs ultra processed foods that you have in your diet but the UK is refusing to do that so god cheeky flippers I think like Australia uh, as well like the kind of more like progressive governments have kind of said yeah yeah no don't do it but here, for some reason, we're like, no, like dragging our feet over it and letting the obesity crisis like continue and all these problems going on. Oh, goodness, goodness. Are we, it's so funny because like when I was in school here, there's this huge program to change how we were fed in schools. Mm. And they, they, they always had salad since like I was growing up. They always had salad since I was little and available for us. But then after that program, they added an actual like salad bar with like a whole bunch of options. And there's always, there was always soup. There was always a two different meat options. Not that I was taking any of those options. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was always like a healthy dessert. Mm. It was incredible. And it's so strange then afterwards I, I came to the UK and it's such a different reality where you have like oh yeah I think we only had fries like on Friday yeah. or something it was yeah. like pizza only on Friday mm-hmm. as a special day special it's Friday <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so it's quite interesting that um and also you were saying about there's no research around this obviously because the research has to be backed by something mm by some company and obviously these big companies don't want to back up research that may turn out to work against them yeah so it makes perfect sense yeah it's such a it's such a big problem like because I having like thinking about school meals it's been the same here like me and my mum when we were watching it we were talking about you know these the years that Jamie Oliver has been trying to campaign for like healthier school dinners and stuff years and years he's been doing it but I remember uh, when we overhauled our school dinner system at school, it was like really healthy for like the first like term. And then mm-hmm. before you knew it, it was like, oh, but we now do bacon baps 
um, every lunchtime and every break time. And um, you can actually now get pizza pretty much like any day and portion control, like, don't worry, like you can always just come back and ask for more. Oh, um, that's so rubbish. And then before you knew it, there was a tray of sweets that were put by the till. Because I remember they changed all of that. Like they, I think they changed it so that supermarkets couldn't have the row of sweets by the checkout because it was encouraging people to like pick them up. But like, that's all back. Now. Like, it's just like, oh my God, it's that thing so of like, they, they, these scientists must work so hard to prove it but then it doesn't make money so exactly like at, at school, health you know, doesn't make money yeah and like you just think these kids like I had friends that would literally eat like three bacon wraps a day and and like because you'd get in he'd get in early one friend you'd get in early because they do them for breakfast if you were had to be dropped off early for school they do breakfast so you can have one then and then you'd have one at lunchtime and then you could have one at break time and then they opened a Costa cafe Oh my god! It's just like I, mean, I wish private school, um, <laughs> funded by the parents. Um, but but you just think like that's not that's not healthy. We're actual children. Children don't yeah. know like what we're supposed to eat. Like we we don't know. Exactly. It's a treat for us. It's like oh great, I can have a treat. Oh now actually, I'm in charge of if I can have a treat. Of course, I'm going to have one. Like yeah, all the time. Yeah, madness, oh. madness. So I really would recommend watching it if you can find it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can get iPlayer, but it would be on iPlayer or probably someone's got it on some channel somewhere. Um, on YouTube probs. I, 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 I haven't looked it up, but I'd be really interested to see how many people watched it because I think it's one of those that should have been put on and publicised like a little bit more mm-hmm. in your face, not just trying to make it seem like some kind of fun, not fun, but like some kind of, quirky inquest into like so what are we feeding our kids it should be like a no putting in our bodies because it's genuinely messing us up Um, jeez so yeah well thanks for the recommendation no that's really good one that's okay yeah I thought I must must talk about it again there's all there's all sorts of different revelations that I'm not equipped to talk about because I don't know the language and whatever but it's still really really worth watching um Well, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our lovely podcast with our great things that we've been watching this week and consuming. And if you want to know more about us, uh, go check out our Instagram page. And it is showing up Babs Eve. Our handle, that's, that's what it is. It is, it is correct. <laughs> And email us at showingupbabseve at gmail.com. Managed to say that perfectly, <laughs> which I'm very proud. <laughs> email us if you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss. And if you have any questions, you want to say any opinions you have about us. <laughs> and, feel free. Uh, feel free. We feel welcome free. it. Indeed. And if you're listening to us on any platform that has a rating system, rate us a five star if you can or just be honest and leave us a a review Mm -hmm. that would be fantastic yeah so um make sure you listen to next week's episode there's no theme again a themed week will be back after sci-fi week it was quite a hefty hefty podcast so (laughs) we kind of took a couple of weeks off but i'm sure in a couple of weeks we'll be back once we've thought up another interesting 
interesting theme if anyone's got any suggestions like Bob's has said let us know um, if you'd like us to discuss anything because obviously there are big topics that are going on in the world but not necessarily ones that we feel comfortable divulging or just giving our opinion on for the podcast but if you'd like us mm-hmm. to talk about bigger topics we would be happy to um, or that are even on our radar maybe we're yes. missing maybe we don't know out something huge yes um <laughs> Thanks for listening and we will speak to you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs>